Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer and aspiring software architect. And I'm Beach, the journeyman developer sharing my journey in development. This episode was sponsored by the PVS Studio team. It promotes static code analysis methodology in general and its PVS Studio tools in particular. Static code analyzers allow you to find bugs in source code at the development stage. This helps to reduce the price of fixing them. PVS Studio performs code analysis and issues warnings on the fragments of code with a high probability of having bugs and potential vulnerabilities in them. The tool supports C, C++, C Sharp, and Java, and it can work with Visual C++, GCC, Clang compilers, and some of those used for embedded systems. The analyzer works on Windows, Linux, and macOS. PVS Studio can both be used as a standalone tool and integrated with Visual Studio, IntelliJ, IDEA, SonarCube, and so forth. In the show notes, you can find links to the PVS Studio website and the article, Technologies Used in the PVS Studio Code Analyzer for Finding Bugs and Potential Vulnerabilities. It's happened to us all. We get excited about a great idea or a project we're working on, put in a lot of work and effort up front, then things get difficult or we hit a slowdown and have to force ourselves to remain focused. In this episode, we're going to discuss perseverance or stick to We'll talk about changes you can make in your attitude, some tips and tricks to improving your perseverance, and finish up going over some of the things that hinder us and how to overcome them. But before we get started, Will, what have you been fighting this week? Proper pronunciation of perseverance. For one thing, <laughs> did you just do that to mess with me? Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, so, I was right. You're interfering with my stick to <laughs> I had something for my update. Okay, yeah, I know what it was. <laughs> I really hate it when somebody else breaks my brain. It's just, you know, like it's already not in really good shape. So like throwing a monkey wrench in there, not the best plan. I just have to say, Amanda, I told you it'd work. Oh. <sighs> Of course, there's always a side bet for these kind of things, isn't there? <laughs> so I had a very interesting discussion with the people that produce the flashcard app that I use for my Russian practice, or one of the apps I use. Yeah. And it was supposed to be like a 30-minute discussion. It ended up being an hour. And this kind of goes into the stick to thing because I have a 68-day streak, I think, at this point. Like, I haven't missed a day because I do that right before I go to sleep, you know, and I practice. And it was just a really healthy, interesting conversation. But it's, you know, I'm glad that you're making this episode about this because there is kind of a point that you hit in any learning where you just like it, it sucks and it hurts. And it'd be interesting to see what's in here to uh, help overcome that. So I guess this is sort of related. So how about you? Recently went to Exit 111 Festival, Amanda's favorite band, Skillet was playing at the festival and she's never seen them live. Also, Slash and Axel were touring with Guns N' Roses and yeah, they were the headliner the same day that Skillet was there. So, you know, we had to. Slash is my favorite guitar player if you guys didn't know that. It was a really good show. We were really close for Skillet. Like, you could read the tattoos on John Cooper's arms that close. 
not quite as close for Guns N' Roses. I am still catching up from all the time I missed at work. They've been very patient with me. It's just been a rough few weeks. Unfortunately, I've basically been relegated to solving the difficult bugs from older projects that the other developers couldn't resolve while I was away. So that's pretty much what I've been doing. I'm really glad that the topic is something that is going to help you out. Since we're talking about having kind of a right mindset, I've got a book about that this month for Book Club. So this month, we're going to be reading How to Think Like a Coder Without Even Trying by Jim Christian. This is a fun book just from the first look at it. It's designed to teach problem solving to any age and comes with kind of a fun, lighthearted graphics that are really engaging. If you're looking for a dry tome on the psychology of computer scientists, you're in the wrong place. This is basically a workbook of fun problems to solve. It's broken into four sections. Learn how to think like a coder, solving problems, learning the language, and taking it further. The first section, learn how to think like a coder, looks at what it is that programmers do and then gives a short history lesson on computers. Now, this would make a great present for an older child or a teenager that's interested in learning programming and problem solving. Grief, even adults can enjoy the thought puzzles and lessons in here. I am really looking forward to delving into this book throughout the month and talking about it with you guys. Who's talking to us this week? We got an iTunes review from John Hanna 86 Very cool and informative. I like how the podcast discusses the developer's life, not only the tips and tricks, but how to survive as a developer in a very demanding career. Thank you, John. Send us an email to waterbottle at completedeveloperpodcast.com because we've got a Complete Developer Water Bottle just for you. Guys, if you'd like your very own Complete Developer Water Bottle, leave us a review in iTunes or comment on the website or any of our social media. We post all our episodes to Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. We're also on Tumblr and Instagram. Or you can join the conversation anytime via Slack by going to slack.completedevelopernetwork.com. One of the hardest things to do is to keep going when faced with a loss of motivation or when you just flat out run into a wall. A real world stick to is defined by Merriam-Webster's Dictionary as dogged perseverance. stick to or perseverance is the ability to keep on going even when you are not motivated. Even back in the 1940s, companies and executives complained about people not being able to take on executive leadership positions because of their lack of perseverance. Even then, they were saying that people were changing careers frequently and very few had the ability to stay with a job long enough to move up into an executive role. When you have long-term goals to achieve, whether they are related to your career, education, or personal life, You need to be able to stick to your plan to achieve those goals. Starting out, you'll have lots of motivation to work towards your goal. But with time and increases in distractions, you'll have to persevere in order to make 
do your goals. You're killing me, man. Is that like the thing you're stick toing is like <laughs> mispronouncing the word because it just drives me up the wall. I need to stop. I will from now on. I'll try to remember not right. to. Right. I believe you. You don't know how many times I ran through this practicing saying it the wrong way so I could do it with a straight face. Yeah. I mean, you and I have both got a tendency to, if we're going to pull a prank on the other one, we will practice extensively. So, like, I ate natto, which is Japanese fermented soybean, once a week for, like, six months so that I could eat it with a straight face and try to trick you into eating it, and then you moved away. So, like, <laughs> I get where you're coming from. It's just, man, it hurts. We definitely have the prank perseverance. Yeah. Ugh. All right, so <laughs> we're going to talk about three areas to help improve your perseverance. Attitude changes are things that you can do internally to adjust the way that you perceive perseverance. That's a tongue twister. These will be the most difficult, so we're discussing them first. Next, we'll go over several tips that you can do to help increase your perseverance. Finally, we'll discuss some hindrances you may face and how to overcome them. I was really hoping I'd get to save that paragraph with the mispronunciation. That's, I practice that one a lot. That's why I took it from you, because I'm here <laughs> to steal your joy. All right. So first, we're going to talk about attitude changes for perseverance to make Will happy. Make me literate. <laughs> I know he's, he's struggling right now, y'all. You can't see the look on his face, but it, he cringes. It's funny. So number one under here, don't allow yourself an easy out. Start with speaking purpose over what you plan to do. Talk about things as if they're already happening now. And when I say this, I mean, be specific in your statements. Use present active statements. Yeah, so you say you're doing the thing, not that you have done it. Mm -hmm. Saying that you've done something, even if you haven't, can bring satisfaction and reward. This is kind of why I tend to keep goals a little bit private until I've kind of got the sunk cost in, mm -hmm. is because I feel okay with it and then just walk away from it. And this kind of short circuits that. The goal here is to you know, self-motivate and to have an attitude that helps you move along. So you're changing your attitudes. There's a difference here between using Will as an example, him saying, I'm going to start taking Russian lessons or I am learning Russian and him saying, I know Russian. Right. Which I still won't say because declensions and <laughs> verbs of motion and yeah, spelling's not so great either. Yeah. This is going to drive you to make it happen. And other people will catch on and start speaking your purpose as well. A great example I have of this is the creative group that I'm in at church. Our group leader, when we have new members start coming to it, immediately starts calling them artists and creatives. Right. Even if they don't, won't call themselves that, she does. And it starts that mindset. Everyone else in the group calls them an artist, calls them a creative. And it's speaking that purpose. When I started coming and they were calling me that, that drove me to want to be more. You know, for example, I'm a musician and a photographer. Will is an author who speaks Russian. But I don't write anything in Russian, like yet. public consumption yet. Yeah, let's just <laughs> let's keep this within the, uh, I don't want anybody getting expectations just yet because it's hard. Yeah. But the big deal here is to give yourself something to live up to. Yeah. Perseverance is increased when you know you have to live up to something. By setting goals that will build on one another, you will build an internal desire to keep going. 
Just so example, I kept using the term perseverance and it got in Will's head and he stopped himself, but he almost said it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like now it feels it's one of those things that's really hard to say to people like Worcestershire. <laughs> you know, it's just like you're always not completely sure that you're correct anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, speaking of what I want to do, another thing you should do is sink your ships. You know, cut off your retreat. Backed into a corner, even the most docile, gentle animal will turn savage. Right. History is full of military leaders who cut off their retreat in order to inspire their soldiers. People like Sam Houston used his soldiers' misunderstanding of Death Smith's announcement to imply the retreat had been cut off. Julius Caesar would have his ships burned as soon as the supplies were removed from the galleys. A lot of the conquistadors did this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. There's stuff from Greek texts. Like, this goes way back. Yeah, it's a very common practice. And the idea is you don't have a way out, so you're going to keep fighting through. Yeah, you're going to make one. When there's no way out, you'll be surprised how much you can accomplish and push through. I learned this when I was in medical school because you just had to keep going. You're exhausted. You're tired. But you know what? You got to test tomorrow. You got to stay up and study. And you learn this. What you want to be able to do is use this aspect of human nature to your advantage by making it more difficult for yourself to give up or quit. Yeah. You also need to learn how to say no to yourself. So it can be really easy to allow distractions to prevent you from sticking to your goals. There's a lot of people that really bounce around a lot from idea to idea. I know some entrepreneurs like this. They'll get six months into something and shiny object syndrome hits and they go do Mm -hmm. something else and they throw the work away. And they've been doing it for years. And the problem is they let other things distract them from their main goals. In some situations, you have to ask, what is your goal? I know we've had conversations with friends who ask, well, how is it you guys get so much done? What do you do when you get home from work? And we said, you know what? Sounds like your main goal is watching TV. Yeah. And they're like, no, it's not. I just need it to relax. I'm like, but that's where your focus is. You can't do other stuff because you have to watch so much TV. Right. And I can't even remember the last time I watched a TV show, which just sounds really weird for me because I used to set aside time specifically for it. Well, you got more stuff going on and other goals now. And, you know, like I actually watched a movie today while I worked, mainly just to do something different. But like, I can't remember the last time before that. I mean, we went and saw Downton Abbey, the movie from the TV show the other day. That was actually pretty good. It had uh, the actress that played Harriet Jones from Doctor Who in it. I didn't know she was in that show. So it was fun to see her. Yeah, it really doesn't matter what the distraction is if it pulls you away from your goals. So you could have a distraction that is totally legit. Hey, I, you know, I want to do this one thing. Oh, wait, I think I want to go and get six-pack abs. Well, it's great to do the discipline to do, you know, get six-pack abs. Beej and I both have six-pack abs under our kegs. But if you get distracted by that and you go for that other goal, you're not going to accomplish the first thing. Right. And this is rather pervasive in the creative and artistic community. Big time. Honestly, I think that's why there are so many quote-unquote starving artists. A lot of them don't sit down and just do one thing. Yeah. There are lots of people with half-finished projects because they get working on something, they think of something else, and rather than staying with the one thing, they run off and start the other project. Yeah. And this is, you know, I mentioned the creatives group at church. This is one of the focuses that Alicia is teaching us is to help overcome this tendency. 
I mean, we make it sound easy, but saying no to yourself is not always easy. There are always people wanting your time and attention. Like I have several friends that don't understand that when they just call me at random, I'm not ever going to pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. I can't just take random interruptions during the day, even if I'm just working on my stuff, just working on it. Yeah. Sometimes it's for social events that would be fun. Some of us find it easier than others to say no to fun events. Like Will is really good at it. Yeah, I'm basically a grumpy cat. Yeah, I have a hard time with this one. I had fun once. Because it was awful. I feed off of that and I actually have to build it into my schedule to have social time because if I spend too much time alone, I will get really drained. Yeah. The other thing it gets you to is like the desire to be helpful to other people mm -hmm. or useful in some way. So like, you know, I've known lots of uh, junior developers that have a really hard time with this, trying to jump into everything and not just like deeply focusing on the thing that they're doing right now. Mm -hmm. I had that issue when I was a junior developer. I'm getting better. It's something that you learn because you eventually have to do something that requires your focus and you get mean and then you learn how to say no without being mean. Right. And then you just enjoy being mean for its own sake without it needing to be, yeah, no. Yeah, well, there's there's you. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, grumpy cat. It could also be volunteer projects that you even get the good feels when you're doing it. Like you get a reward for doing it and feeling good about yourself and feeling good about what you're doing. But still, it's distracting you. It's pulling you away from your main goals. What you need to do is look for ways to put yourself into situations where you're going to be less distracted. If all the things available to do in the city are distracting you from your goals, then you might consider moving further out. Yeah. This will force you to be intentional about the time you spend on activities in the city. I know when I was living close to Will in Nashville, you know, I would go out all the time because going out to listen to, you know, a random cover band took me five minutes to get there. Now it takes me an hour. So I'm a little bit more intentional about what I do when I go into the city. Whereas I don't really do that. And if I lived kind of further out in the woods, I would be outside mm -hmm. somewhere. But it's hard when you're in the suburbs to get to like a real woods, not a woods full of people that are discussing, you know, votive candles on their wedding table thing, which seems like that is always a discussion at the park. And I overhear it 400 yards away. It's always really loud people. But anyway, if you're intentional about the distractions, like it's not necessarily to say don't, take any distractions, but they're not easy and they're not quicker than doing the right thing. You need to build them into your routine. Yeah. If you know something is coming up, build that into your schedule. Like I said, allow for social time in your schedule. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. <laughs> you want enough to enjoy life and not burn yourself out while you're getting to where you're going. Yeah. Conversely, you don't want to just party all the time. Mm -hmm. One thing that I do is uh, keep a notebook or journal for ideas. Because if you get those out of your head, you're not going to be thinking about them. And you can actually live with that. You don't have to actually start them to get them down. You write them down and you go back to what you're doing. Yeah, It's like when we've talked about meditation, when you get a distracting thought, you acknowledge it, let it pass, and then go back to what you were focused on. Right. And this could be everything from business ideas that you want to revisit at some point. I've got a notebook full of those. It could be ideas for books or articles to you know read or to write. I've got a different place I put those kind of things. I do the same thing. I have an artistic journal for, and it's got everything from ideas for paintings I want to do to like the startings of poems, like little snippets of, all right, I want to come back and work on this at a later time 
to like one or two lines of, all right, I'm going to do something with this, but I don't know what. Yeah. To full drawn out ideas that I was driving down the road and I had this idea. So I pulled over and went to a coffee shop or a bar and sat down and wrote it out. Yep. I've done that. You know, J.R.R. Token, the line, uh, in a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. Like he wrote that during the war mm-hmm. and didn't actually write the book until like decades later. But he had that mm-hmm. one line and he got it out of his yeah. head and went on with life. So we talked about it's not always easy. But the next thing is you want to pretend that it is easy even if you're barely able to finish. Right. So like you're a language learning master, even if you're struggling. Yeah. The attitude with which you approach a problem affects how well you'll solve it. This really hit me with my guitar lessons. I always thought I don't have the talent, so I'll never be able to learn to play guitar until I started learning programming. And I have a bit of a talent for that, but I saw how much skill goes into actually being effective. Like my raw talent didn't get me very far. It took a lot of work and practice and skill to get to being employable even. And so I started to realize, hey, that that applies in other areas. Then I started taking lessons and my guitar instructor, he would present me with like a really difficult thing. It's like, it's really easy. Let me just show you how easy it is. And he'd show me and I'd go and I'd work on it and I'd work on it. And I'd I'd struggle with it. But I'm like, he said it was easy. I'm going to get this. It's got to be easy. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. You know, and... Now I'm like, just for fun, I play the opening riff of uh, Sweet Child of Mine, which is really complicated. Yeah. (laughs) And I was showing a friend of mine who's been playing guitar for years, and he's like, I thought you said you didn't have any like raw talent. He's like, you've only been at this for a few months. I'm like, I was told that was easy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I do something similar. I, I try to read one article on the BBC's Russian site every day. Yeah. It is hard, like, looking at it, but if you just tell yourself the entire time, hey, this isn't that bad because idiots read the BBC all the time, so I should be fine. Yeah. It's like they don't do it in a foreign language, but you can kind of head fake yourself and go through with it. Go for it, yeah. Yeah. That's smart. That's the same same exact thing. One thing, though, this is something you have to control yourself because, like I said, for me, my guitar instructor told me, hey, it's easy, and that was what I needed to hear. He's a good teacher. Other people may try to influence how you view your goals or how you accomplish them. And it's up to you to control how you perceive your challenges. For example, discreet. Everybody told me how difficult it is. Even Will told me, you're in for it. It's horrible. It's terrible. And Will had a bad experience. But I'm only halfway through the class, but I'm enjoying it. It doesn't seem that difficult to me, mainly because I go into class and I'm like, all right, I'm smart. I can get this. And then the teacher's like, oh, it's real easy. Let me show you. And I don't let it head fake myself out, if that makes sense. Yeah. So next, and this is the last thing under their attitudes that need to change. And that is that you need to learn tactics for plateaus, not just the cliff faces. I'm so glad you did not mispronounce that one. Plateaus make people quit early. So if you get up to a certain point and then you don't feel like you're growing, it's really easy to basically just drop off of what you're doing. So you learn the basics, but then you get stuck. And no matter what, you just don't get it. You know, the next concept or you have to practice what you've already learned to get it down. It just, it's not there. This also happens in your career with both personal and professional goals. 
it's most pervasive around the mid-level developer phase. This is the, quote, time in grade that you need to move up. That's sort of where you hit the plateau. And, you know, a lot of us don't like the idea of time in grade because we think, well, I, I understand it. I know it. I shouldn't need to have done this for three years. And what you don't know is that plateau, you may not be learning as much new stuff you're learning deeper and you're learning through experience. This is also a time when you tend to feel like you're just spinning your wheels. The other thing about plateaus is you don't realize you're actually growing because you're not growing using the metric you were using before. Mm -hmm. So you're not learning new design patterns or new pieces of syntax in your code. You're learning, hey, if I do things this other way, this hurts more four months down the line. Versus, oh, this is a new trick. Right. These boring times of little forward progress make you feel like you won't ever get any better. What's hard to understand is that you're growing, like Will said. I felt this way about my guitar playing recently. I just felt like I hadn't made any progress. I was just sort of spinning my wheels and I'm like, I was really pushing. I'm like, all right, I'm going to come up with a more strict schedule. I'm going to practice several hours a day on top of what I'm already doing, because I'm really, I'm just going to push myself through this. And then I went over to a friend's house and we were just sort of playing around and I started playing something that you know he had been helping me with a few weeks ago. And he's like, whoa, man, you've made a lot of progress since the last time I heard you. Yeah. That was only two weeks ago. I'm like, I didn't hear the progress, but he did. And it was that I'd hit that plateau of I just needed to practice it over and over because I'd gotten the basics of the rhythm. I'd gotten the basics of the chord progression. It was putting it all together and not making mistakes and keeping tempo that I didn't realize just just sheer practice was what was getting it for me. And then a few weeks later of just being at that plateau and I realized, hey, that plateau actually had a slight grade and I was moving up the whole time. Yeah. Progress towards a goal is almost never linear. There's going to be times that you feel like you're not moving forward. And sometimes you even have to go back and start over. Mm -hmm. You got something wrong or there was more depth there than you thought. And you just have to do it. I mean, you could be doing something incorrectly that worked until it didn't work. We used to run into this in martial arts all the time where you do a technique and it turns out that, oh, well, this slight change that you know, almost completely changes the technique really makes it work. And you just have to be able to step back to that and go, okay, well, I'm going to try the other thing and get that knowledge. Or I remember when we learned that uh, certain throws didn't work if you just like shifted your weight slightly. Yeah. We would pull that on each other and it's like, dude, I'm trying to get the basics of this down. Let me get the basics down and then we'll work on the variance. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. We would prank each other with that one. We learned a lot by pranking each other. That's basically just how we live. It's sort of a life way. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, what we're getting at here is that there's going to be times when you're not moving forward. You may have to go back and start over sometimes. And this may be because you've done something incorrectly. Could be that you went down the wrong path and have to go back. Could be you thought of something better and you're like, all right, I need to step back and go down this other way to get there. When we look at successful people, we rarely see all that they went through to get to that success. Yeah, and that's why envy is so corrosive, too, because it's not just, hey, I want what this other person has, but I'm going to completely denigrate what they had to go through to get there. Right. Now, the thing with plateaus is that they can cause discouragement, which is the enemy of stick-to-itiveness. 
And unfortunately, discouraging situations are going to be inevitable. Yeah. You know, I actually had this conversation with the guy that, you know, I was talking to about the, uh, the Fluent Forever app. Yeah. And, you know, just kind of talking about how they were marketing it and stuff. And I'm like, you know, you almost have to hit the masochist market. Like you got to get some CrossFit up in this thing because people won't stick with it. Because as soon as they hit a spot where they don't know, most people bail. You almost have to have a shift that's like, hey, I want to get to the point that it sucks because then I know that's where the growth happens. Mm -hmm. Perseverance is the ability to push through these discouraging plateaus. And y'all can't see it, but when I said that word, Will's whole face just lit up. You got it right for once. So now we're going to talk about some tips for increasing your perseverance. I'm a jerk, y'all. Oh, man. You're just an (laughs) awful person. So it really takes more than creating just a goal. So it's not just, hey, troll Will, but like troll him and then stop and let him think it's over and then troll him again. Like, (laughs) it's not just a goal. It's, you know, like you just need to have a... uh, It's not just the decision to say it the wrong way. It's the follow through. It's the practice saying it the wrong way so you don't slip up and say it the right way unless you intend to. Right. You almost have to love the journey of, you know, in this case, Beach, you know, pulling a uh, awful prank. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to figure out how you're going to stay motivated and you've got to want to stay motivated. So nothing you try to do is going to have a lasting effect if you don't stay motivated and get that under control. When I was writing this episode, Before I started, I decided, hey, I'm going to go and update a few things on our website. And when I did, it caused some problems. I ended up spending a few hours. So I got a much later start than I intended. And it got to be pretty late around 1130. I'm like, man, I've got a couple more points. I got to get in here, but I got to get up at five to go to work in the morning. And it was perseverance that kept me going. So in other words, you're saying you had to get up to get down? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Man, this isn't going well. (laughs) You got to want to stay motivated. Yeah. If you don't want to be motivated, nothing you do will have a lasting effect. It is really important to understand that when you start something, like you almost need to figure out, okay, how am I going to maintain the motivation to do this thing for an extended period of time before you start trying to do it? Yeah. And that's what this whole stick to and perseverance is about, is it's about what you do when you're not motivated. And we're going to talk more on that in a little bit. The other thing is when you hit plateaus, no matter your motivation level, you just got to push through. Yeah. And this is where sharing your goals creates accountability. You know, we talked about this in the attitude changes section as well, but I mean, it is really important if that's a motivator for you. Yeah. It's like a superpower if it works for you. It does not work for me very well at all, but I know it works well for you. Yeah. Because I've seen you do it. Telling people your plans is stating your intention to reach a goal. This way, the people in your life can ask about your progress. You're basically creating social accountability by talking about a goal. I've created some social accountability among my friends at church by talking about my goal to join the worship team. And it's really cool because I will go in and I've got friends that are on the worship team that will ask me, I'm like, hey, man, how's learning this song coming? How's guitar lessons coming? You know, have you learned about this yet? Or you want to get together and jam and we can I can help you practice some and help you out with any questions you've got. 
it really creates that accountability by saying, hey, this is what I'm going to do and I'm working towards it. Now, I do do some stuff around this. Like I find other people that are doing the same thing and I talk to them only. Yeah. That may be an introvert thing or it may, I don't know, just may be a strategy that's worked for me. Like I've found that if I'm just really open, you know, to everybody about my goals that I don't get them. Whereas if, you know, if it's a small group, it tends to work okay for me. Job related goals tend to come with built in accountability, which makes them maybe easier to accomplish. Bosses and supervisors should motivate you to accomplish the goals. Yeah. And the thing with the built in accountability is this is a place that you can look to to get ideas or examples of how to create your own social accountability. For example, coworkers can be great supporters, but they can also be detractors. Yeah. Why are you trying to do that? That's too hard. Yeah. What's the point of that? I mean, you'll get both things. You got to play it by ear and figure out what is going to work for mm-hmm. you. And you may have to experiment some. Yeah. The next tip is to make a plan to accomplish your goals. Right. So create a plan with actionable items. I do this through my to-do list. Yeah. You know, just whatever works. Like, you know, I will lay all that stuff out and go, okay, you should be at this point by now. And I get a reminder. It's like, here's where you should be. You want to start with a strategy on how you're going to accomplish your goals. That way, when motivation wanes, you'll be able to look to the next step in your plan. We've talked about it. Motivation is going to ebb and flow over time. Having an action plan is going to help you be able to keep going when you're less motivated because you know the next step. And like Will does with his, you not only know the next step, but he knows when that next step is due. Right. Which leads us into the next part of this point, which is build a schedule around your action plan. Yeah. If you don't have a schedule, you don't have a goal. Right. That's so true. You need to have a schedule. You need to have deadlines with dates in your plan. I mean, really, speaking of deadlines, right? Like if your goal is to become king of the world, you're not going to do it. But by the time that you're accountable for that goal and somebody can say, oh, you didn't do it, you're dead. (laughs) Like if there's no deadline on that to say this goal has to be achieved by this time, it's not a real goal because eventually you're going to croak and it's not a goal. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't adjust along the way. Yeah. In fact, you should have a plan for making adjustments, like regular reviews of your plan. You know, like I have quarterly things where I like I sit down and I go through my stuff and I go, okay, is this really what I want to do? A few years back, my truck got stolen. I remember that. Not as well as you do. Yeah. That drastically altered my goals and plans for that year. And we even had an episode mid-year on readjusting your goals where we went through our annual goals and said, all right, hey, things have changed. Because I think you had some major life stuff change as well around that. And we both went through and said, hey, this has changed. This is how you go in and you make adjustments. Yeah. So go back and listen to that episode to learn how to make adjustments to your plan. The next tip is allow yourself to mess up from time to time. Yeah, you're going to have times that you have less motivation. It's just going to happen. If we could be motivated and inspired all the time, we wouldn't need perseverance. Yeah, don't allow times of less motivation to completely derail your goals. If you understand that it's going to happen and you allow for these times in your plan, it will help you get back up when your motivation wavers. I did that when I was dieting, when I was doing the keto diet. Keto, not keto. That's the diet of Ecuador. But, you know, I would say, okay, Saturday is not a cheat day, but it's a day I can eat what I want. Yeah. And just almost like have a pressure valve to bleed that off. Mm. 
earlier this year, I needed a month off at the end of the last school year. I think I took May. Yep, you did. Will was like really pushing. He's like, no, I'm motivated. I'm I'm rolling. It's like, now that your school's into, we got to jump on this stuff. I'm like, dude, I am burnt out. Yeah. We got into it a couple of times, like some real like head-to-head arguments on it, on Hangouts. And I'm like, look, I want to do this stuff, but you got to give me some time to recover. It's either going to be May or June. You pick a month. Yeah. But I'll tell you, I'll I'll be better in June if you give me May. Which I did. And he did. And then we scheduled a meeting for June 1st. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing too is if you've scheduled this stuff, you have to get back into it. Oh, yeah. And you've got to be able to stick to that. And so some people don't do very well at that. That was the thing. Like like I said, June 1st, we had a business meeting. We we're like, all right, let's plan out. We've got all these things going on. Let's jump on them. Yeah. The thing is, the occasional slip does not mean failure or the occasional break doesn't mean failure. There's going to be times you go down the wrong path or times that you miss or somebody dies in the family or you move or you get sick or something like that. And you're going to not be able to do what you're supposed to do. You've got to kind of decouple the emotional component of that and go, okay, I didn't do it yesterday, but I'm doing it today. Allow yourself the ability to recover from these mistakes. If you don't, then you're going to lose motivation even in your successful areas. Don't let yourself wallow in self-pity or self-doubt when you slip up. Yeah. It's just the understanding that you're going to screw up and you make the plans with that assumption in mind instead of making them as if you're not. The trick is to get back on track tomorrow or as soon as possible. The occasional day off won't be what determines your overall success. Right. It's the consistency of how you perform over time. Like I said earlier, I took a month of no extra commitments and then jumped right back into it. And even Will said it was so funny because I hadn't talked to him much other than recording. I think he was frustrated at me for taking the month off. But we got together that June 1st, it was a Saturday, and we got together for a business meeting. And he's like, yeah, I can tell you needed that. He's like, it's like, it's a whole nother world. Yeah, it was like flipping a switch. Yeah. You know, the thing is, the reason I was pushing so hard is because my previous job was kind of at the point where I was like, I got to go and I want this thing in a good place before I get out of there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I understand it. And you also, you had been ramping up. And I had been going strong and I'm like, all right, I've been going strong for two semesters. I need to slow down for a time just to catch my breath. And you're like, man, I'm like ramping up. I'm ready to get rolling. It was just we were in different places at the time. So it's like nothing. Don't take it as me complaining about Will. It's just we were in two different places at the time. Yeah. So we're button heads because, you know, we're both very strong willed people. (laughs) Some of us have more will than others. Might be because someone's name is Will. Uh, You know, just let that slide. You want to create a built-in backup for when you do have times of reduced inspiration. Build reinforcements into your plan. You know, one way to do this is to actually work with a team of other people, if you can. If somebody has something come up, then another person can fill in until that first person is available. You and I do this all the time with a podcast. Uh, Yeah. I wrote the episode the week you went up to West Virginia, you know, for that reason. Yeah. Will wrote like two or three episodes in a row just because of everything that was going on in my life. And it just made things easier. It made it because he did that. We were able to keep recording. We didn't miss a week. We were able to keep the podcast going because he stepped up. Now, there have been times where he had stuff come up and I wrote two or three episodes in a row. And we have this back and forth. 
You also want to have less demanding tasks of lower importance available for when you are less motivated. You can have a list of backlog items or catch up on paperwork when you don't have the drive to be creative. We have a backlog of ideas, over five years worth of ideas that we pull from when, hey, we need an episode this week and I just don't, I don't have an idea. Like nothing's coming to me. Let me look through the backlog. I'll grab that one and I'll write it. We start working on an idea that we had six, eight months ago, a year ago, and we get into it and we're like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah, this is really good. And we put out a great episode. I was in there today doing that, trying to find something. Yeah, when we had the idea, we had like five ideas at once. It's like, well, I can only write one of these, so I'm going to toss the others in there. That's why you have that journal we talked about earlier. So the next tip, involve others in your progress. We've talked about telling people about your goals. This is while you're working on them. Get feedback from colleagues and friends. This is something that Will talked about doing. Talking with trusted colleagues and friends who are on a similar path and support you can help you when you're feeling less motivated. Yeah, They'll also be the ones that let you know if you're going down the wrong path and call you out on it. A mastermind group is good for that. And I've got one of those. You know, when I started making wine, you know, for the first little bit, you know, I didn't make it a lot. But then I asked the guy at the winemaking shop, I was like, how do I get better at this? And he's like, you need to find people that like the booze you make. Because you get the feedback faster and you are forced to produce more as a result of that. And this is kind of the same thing. Like you get other people involved in your process and you're going to feel forced to do more just to get that feedback cycle going. Mm-hmm. And it really does. It really helps improve a lot. The other thing it does is they can see when you're getting less motivated and they can point that out to you before you really notice it and you notice the effects. Will and I do that for each other all the time where it's like, man, you're getting pretty stressed. Do you need help with something? Usually it comes out in the form of mockery, but I like to make it sound nicer than we actually are. (laughs) Yeah. Also share your progress along the way. Let those who support you know about your progress. We do this with the podcast. We know we have thousands of people out there supporting us in the things we do. And so we like to share our progress and our successes with y'all. We also like to let you guys know when we found things that don't work so y'all don't make the same mistakes as us. Yeah. Sometimes you don't think that you're having an effect or moving at all until you talk to someone else and they see you're making massive progress. When the goal is miles and miles away, moving a few hundred yards doesn't seem like much gain. But to those watching in the stands, that's a football field. Yeah. It can take a friend to help put things into perspective. So like if you make things public, it's not just friends or coworkers at that point. Just little stuff like creating a talk on a topic that you want to learn. Yeah. So Matu, who spoke to us in the conference experience episode, said that that's how she got into speaking was she wanted to kind of get more outgoing. She's an introvert and wanted to to do that. So she signed up to do a talk and then had to go learn the topic because she wanted to know more about it. So she signed up for a conference, you know, six, eight months away and spent that time learning the topic. It works. I mean, look at how much you and I have both grown just doing this podcast. Yeah. And even though it's like our profession, it has made a huge difference for both of us because we've had to put the stuff out there. It's true. The final tip is to take time for yourself when you need a break. 
we all get overwhelmed and we can take on too much. Beach is especially good about this because he's like, oh, there's a sign-in sheet. It needs my name on it. You know, you didn't see the weird head bobbing action I did just then, which is probably just as well. I can't do it more than once. <laughs> the really sad thing is it's so true. Yeah. I've gotten a lot better about this. At times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lot better than I was. Yeah. We all get overwhelmed and can take on too much. Lack of motivation can be a symptom of overwork. Attacking the motivation issue basically will only be a temporary fix. You're going after the symptoms and not the root cause. We have several episodes on burnout, one you know, very recent about it. So Yeah, and there's a reason for that is because it's a constant threat. Yeah. Don't feel guilty about taking time to refresh. Stepping away will help you regain your focus. Like we both have so many stories on this stuff. I remember when I very first started in development, I would get frustrated. Apparently, I like to slap the hands of my chair when I get frustrated because my lead developer recognized that and he would be like, dude, you're slapping your chair more than I hear you typing. Why don't you go on home? Take the rest of the day off. And so I would, and inevitably, almost every single time he'd send me home, I would solve the problem on the drive. I wouldn't be thinking about it. I'd be like listening to music or something, but on the drive home, I would come up with the solution. I'd get home, pull out my laptop, knock it out, and I'd be like, boom. That's the thing. You get away from it for a little bit, and it really helps. While you are doing this, while you are taking care of yourself, you need to find ways to encourage patience and consistency. Right. It can be really hard not to pursue every idea that comes to you. Like when you take a break, it's fine to write the ideas down. Just go, I'm not executing right now. I'm in no op mode. The thing is, a lot of those ideas, most of them are great and could lead to lots of success if ever completed. The key there is if ever completed. Right. You're not going to complete anything if you keep bouncing from idea to idea. So you need to look for ways to keep yourself focused on your current task, such as all the tips that we just covered. Right. So now we're going to get into overcoming some hindrances to perseverance. First off, fear and negative beliefs hinder you from accomplishing your goals. A lot of people find themselves in the habit of quitting, and it may not be like straight up outright quitting. Instead, it's just letting things decay to the point of not doing them anymore. Mm -hmm. When you quit something, you reinforce the limitations you put on yourself. And eventually, you'll develop a habit of quitting. Yeah, just as soon as it gets difficult. Like, everybody's seen that kid that as soon as they can't play the game, they're just bad at it as far as they're concerned, and they'll never play it again. You don't want to do this as a kid or as an adult. Like, this will not improve your life. Like, you got to lean into the hard stuff. There's almost a sense of unworthiness, and that becomes a deeply rooted belief that limits your ability to actually push through and persevere. Yeah it creates a cycle of fear and negative belief and further reinforces the bad habit you develop around quitting. Like, uh, you want to get yourself, if you can, around people who will call you out on this or will not let you fall into this. Like, I was saying something and it was just a, you know, one of those, well, I'm just terrible at it kind of things. Oh, I know what it was. I was practicing my guitar. Amanda was over doing something and I messed up and I'm like, I got to start over. Like, I'm probably not going to get it right this time either. 
And she's like, don't say that. Like she called me out on it. Like, just no, say you're going to do it. You're going to perform perfectly. And she's right. Because I have built this cycle of I'm bad at musical things. It's easy for me to fall into that habit of saying, oh, I'm not going to get it right this time. Yeah. She called me out on it. I'm like really appreciative of that because I'm like, I need that. I need someone being like, no, you're going to do it right. Don't tell yourself you're going to do it wrong. And it's especially true when you've had prior bad experiences with the thing. Yeah. Holy crap. I mean, language class in high school made me convinced I could not learn a foreign language. Yeah. Fears are deep-seated emotional manifestations of self-limiting beliefs. Fear of failure is the fear that you won't get something done correctly, that you'll make mistakes, or rejection can be viewed as a form of failure. Yeah. Fear that you don't have what it takes happens when you doubt your own abilities to do something well. So you may fear missing out. You know, that's the worry that you're not going to get a chance to do things that other people are doing. Yeah, I used to suffer terribly from FOMO. I would push myself way beyond my limits because I didn't want to miss out on something that was going on. Fear of vulnerability and exposure occurs when you're doing something and the feedback, either internal or external, is not encouraging. Then you fear being humiliated or looking silly or stupid. Yeah, and you may be afraid too of making the wrong decision. You know, that's the fear that the action you're taking is not the correct one. Like you can be paralyzed for years. I know people that have tried to build like side businesses or people that have remained single longer than they wanted to because they were always you know, trying to make the right decision. And they were so afraid to make the right decision that they couldn't make a decision at all. Yeah. And the final one we're going to talk about under fear is fear of success. That happens when you fear that you won't be able to handle the success. Or that it'll change you or anything like this is something I, I hear all the time that bugs the crap out of me. When people start talking trash about rich people, I'm like, you realize that you are basically installing software in your own brain that says don't ever be rich. Yeah. Like, it's one thing if you say some rich people are awful. I get that because I've met them. But when you just say rich people as a group, you are pretty much deciding to keep yourself out of that group. So the final thing we're going to talk about is you need to let go of fears and negative beliefs. Don't try to stop the negative beliefs. Let the fearful thought and belief run its course in the background. This goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Things like in meditation, when you have a distracting thought pop up, acknowledge it. Because if you try to ignore it, that's all you're going to be able to think about is ignoring the thought. Yeah. So acknowledge it and let it move on. Yeah. Admit that your fears exist and move on. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, one trick I do a lot of times is to try to push things to the point where I hit the negative yeah. on purpose. Like that's now a goal. Yeah. And then pass through it because like that's the marker. You know, it's like the guy that we used to hang out with that would get shot down by 10 girls at a bar. Like his night was not complete until that happened. I remember him. Yeah. And, you know, there's something to that, that kind of approach. It's useful if you can deal with that. It's a sales tactic. I remember when I was doing sales, that's something they taught us. Like when I was doing business to business sales, your goal each day was to get 10 no's. Yeah. It's like straight out of sales tactics. The thing is, you don't want to dwell on the feelings, just acknowledge them. Right. And accept your state of mind. Yeah. I mean, you got to own up to the reality that you have negative thoughts and fears. Like that's completely normal and you're going to have it regardless. Like, I mean, we've been doing this podcast. For a very long time now, I mean, over four years. 
And there are still times that I get nervous about the fact that I'm on a microphone. It's not often, but it still is going to happen. Like it's part of the whole thing. And that's okay. If you don't deny or resist those thoughts, you can move through them. Let your actions lead your thoughts. Choose to do something and then think about the decision later. You know, I tell people this a lot. This is how I do a lot of things that scare most people that scare me too. But you don't think about it. You just, you go, I'm going to jump out of this plane. And you just jump. And you think about it when you're on the ground. You know, have your freak out moment after it's over with. Yeah. The more you focus on your actions, the less you'll focus on your fears. So if you focus on, all right, I got to jump, count to 10, pull the ripcord. Like you're focused on that process, on what you're going to do. You're not going to be focused on the fear of the ground coming up at you. Can you tell I really want to go skydiving? Yeah, clearly. Basically what this does is it shortcuts the negative beliefs. Now, y'all, motivation is going to come and go throughout a project or while working towards your goals. Perseverance or stick keeps you going when the drive and the fun are lessened. And it's also fun to say it wrong when you can look at Will's face and see him cringe. Use this information to help yourself remain focused and moving towards your goals. That pretty much wraps us up. Before we close everything out, Will, what do you have for us this week for Tricks of Trade? One real quick thing to add to the pile. When you're deciding to do something, think about who does that thing and then think about what that person does and then go do that. It's interesting how often you'll see people, for instance, like in fitness, they're like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym every day. And, you know, I'm going to be like a, you know, power lifter. If you actually talk to real power lifters, that's not what they do. They understand a lot more about the process. And so just kind of be careful and go, I'm going to imitate what the successful people in this field do to actually get there. Because essentially you're play acting the part until you get to where you're going. You know, I learned a lot from other developers by doing this. It's like, okay, what do they do every day? How do they approach a problem? How do they think? Like, let me get into their headspace. Learn to do that. Like, learn to impersonate other people from inside your own head, and you can become those people. That's all I got. Stand by for Titanfall. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Stand By for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. The intro music for IOTs is Hillbilly Hip Hop by Jason Belcher. For references, show notes, and to sign up for weekly emails with extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at CompleteDevPod and like our page on Facebook to keep up with news about the show. Catch us each week as we broadcast live, talking about what's going on in the tech world and answering listener questions. Learn more about all of our shows and groups by going to CompleteDevelopernetwork.com where you'll find links to Junior Developer Toolbox, Developer Launchpad, and our other communities. Thanks for listening. See you next time.